Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to talk about seven actionable tips that will help your child start sleeping better, improving mood and behavior, and then paving the way for them to reach their full potential of the day. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I offer free parent education videos every week, online courses, and coaching. And if that wasn't enough, I bring experts in, in other fields onto The Impactful Parent stage to teach you even more. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Missy Morrison-Charco. And Missy is a certified pediatric sleep consultant and founder of Say Yes to the Rest Pediatric Sleep Consulting. She helps exhausted parents with one-on-one support to get their children to sleep soundly so that they can start to feel like themselves again. Thank you for being here, Missy. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I'm super excited. (laughs) So tell me, why is sleep so important for both kids and parents? Let's start there, the fundamentals. Why is this important for people to listen to? Absolutely, absolutely. So sleep is a necessity for everyone, Christina. Uh, With adults, as we know, if we wake up exhausted the next morning, our whole day is affected. So our mental health is affected. It affects our work day. It affects our personal relationships. It affects everything we do for that next 24 hour period because it does affect our night sleep that next night too. It's a constant rolling uh, cycle. Uh, for our for our teenage kids and our school-age children, it affects their day at school if they're not getting a good night's sleep. It affects their moods and behaviors. It can, it can affect their extracurricular activities. Uh, it affects everything and it affects their growth and development, which is the most important part. Uh, and it, it also doesn't give, if they're not getting a full night's sleep at night, it doesn't give their body a chance to repair from the day. So there's your cell, the cells in your body need to repair each time you get a good night's sleep. So it's absolutely an important part of a healthy lifestyle and a necessity for all of us from babies up to our adult and older years. I know that if I don't get enough sleep, it's just, it's horrible. And I feel it more and more as I get older, less when I was younger, but I know that it affects my kids. I can see it from an outside perspective, but I also know that I got teenagers who just refuse to accept that they need sleep and that they need at least eight to 10 hours. And yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle, but to hear the science behind it, that it truly is important. I'm glad that we're going to get parents listening today because this is a really, really important issue. Absolutely. And Christina, I'll even, I'll hit you with a a statistic. And this was a a study that was actually published in the news just yesterday that uh, the three, triple the amount of health or heart disease can happen from having poor sleep in your older years. So the effect that it has over the course of your entire lifetime and, and then goes into those adult years is absolutely incredible. And that's what I think we need to be talking to our, our te- tweens and teens about is the effects that it's also going to have later in life. And yes, they may not understand that or not want to listen right now. That can be a big thing, but really talking to them about the healthy components of sleep and how it's going to affect them later on can have a really great impact to try to get them you know, on board to get that better night's sleep at night. 
What is the first tip that you believe parents need to use to help avoid bedtime battles with their kids, whether they're young or they're teenagers, so that we can get those kids in bed? Absolutely. So boundaries and and making sure that we're holding our ground is such an important part of all of this. And behavior management, and I, I use that term a little bit lightly because some people hear that and think, oh, what is this going to be about? But it's just about setting those behaviors. Uh, and, and one great tip that I have within that is showing empathy towards our children. So listening to what they want or what they're upset about but still setting the boundaries at the same time is so important. Uh, allowing their independence to be there, but still establishing boundaries. And it's amazing how much that you can do during the daytime that can then come into that bedtime portion. If you're struggling to get them to sleep, a lot of that is because they're pushing boundaries. It's because you're not putting your foot down. You know, you have to make sure that they know why this is important and, and how to really, really be consistent within that. I love boundaries because boundaries create security for kids. They are more than rules. They actually create that feeling of being secure with your caregiver that a lot of people don't realize, and that's how important it is. So do you have any tips for how to help establish these boundaries, especially for our older kids that are definitely going to be probably fighting back? Absolutely. And I love what you just said to Christina about just that part about how they thrive with boundaries, because that is so true. Children are more, they feel safer and they feel more secure when they have these boundaries. So a great way to, to start that off when it comes to the bedtime portion is establishing a bedtime routine. And this isn't just for those younger children and those toddlers and babies. This is for our tweens and teens as well. And for yourself as parents. Uh, setting a bedtime routine that is consistent every single night, doing the same things every single night. If you establish that with your child, whether it's doing their homework, then they have their shower, then they get ready for bed, having them read a book or do some journaling, something like that is a great way. But if it's consistent every single night, that can really help one to set those boundaries and two, to create that consistent routine that they need because that cues our body and our brain that it's time for sleep. It actually makes a huge difference, in, especially if your child's having trouble falling asleep, uh, dimming the lights when they're getting ready for bed. Things like that can make a huge, that gets that melatonin going, uh, gets the production of the melatonin, but it can help them fall asleep easier and quicker. So I think one mistake that I see parents make all the time is they create the bedtime routine, but they make it too elaborate. They make it too long. And then as a child gets older, they're exhausted because it takes, it takes them 30 minutes to an hour to put their older children down to sleep. And then they wonder, wow, why did I do that when they were younger? And I'm not saying not to create a bedtime routine because they absolutely need one. But I just want to make it clear to parents that their bedtime routine as long as it's consistent and you're doing those same things, it doesn't have to be an hour long. It doesn't even have to be 30 minutes long. It's just make it simple, whatever works for your family. And if the 30 minute or hour routine is good for you, well, then that's good for you. But I just see, I think a lot of people, they just overestimate, you know, how it's going to be as a child gets older and you want to keep that really consistent. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We usually recommend anywhere from like 15 to 30 minutes is a great time frame for that bedtime routine to just keep it short and sweet. Because if it does drag on, you're absolutely right that, that the body and the mind forgets what the whole point of the next step was, is getting to bed. So absolutely. Absolutely. So what's the biggest reason that older children are having trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, I should say, because sometimes they can fall asleep, but then they're waking up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. Absolutely. Screen time is the number one with our school aged and our teens Uh, being on their phones right before bed, being on their iPads right before bed finding their phones in the middle of the night at 1 a.m. I hear about that way too often that they're they're picking up those screens in the middle of the night. It has a detrimental effect on their sleep. Artificial light is the number one hindrance for adult and school-aged and teen sleep. Uh, It decreases your melatonin production. Uh, It causes the cortisol hormone to jump instead. Uh, The blue light is absolutely just detrimental. Being on that screen is so terrible (laughs) right before bed. I recommend getting rid of that screen time after dinner is ideal. No more screen time, no TVs if you can do it. If you can't do that much, even if you're trying for at least an hour before bed and at worst a half an hour before bed, but the more you can do to get that screen time out of that bedtime area, the better. Uh, Bring in a book, a good old book is a great thing to read with paper, Uh, (laughs) not on the screen, of course, not on the Kindle, Uh, but doing it with paper, have them do some journaling, have them do some calming meditation exercises before bed. All of the things that are gonna bring us down not bring us up that are going to make sleep way more difficult. But what if parents have tried to pry away the screen and it just didn't work? Absolutely. Consistency. Consistency is key. And that's when it's up to the parents. This is when those boundaries come back into play again. Uh, Have a chat with your child about why you're doing this. Involve them in this process. I think so often we, we underestimate our children and what they do understand. And if we just include them and have a heart to heart conversation with them about the health benefits, why you're doing it, that you're not just trying to punish them and taking their phone away, that you're actually doing it for their mental health and for their sleep, then you might have a much better reaction from your child and setting those boundaries saying, you know, this is the way this bedtime routine is going to go. Listen to them with an empathetic ear but still set those boundaries and say that this is why we're going to do that and be consistent. That's one of the biggest things as I find that parents that I work with, they have such trouble being consistent. They try it for a few days. There's some backlash over something and then they give up. Don't give up. You're the parent, stick with it. And and sooner or later, your, your child will come around. I feel like another uh, just parent mistake that I see a lot is overscheduling their child. So I'm going to ask you, does it matter what time your child goes to sleep and how many hours are we shooting for when it comes to sleep, not just for our kids, but you know, for our teenagers, for ourselves, can you give us some more information about that? So we have some goals to set. Absolutely. So an early bedtime is so, so important for all family members uh, from young to old. So for our tweens and our school aged uh, kids, we're looking for nine to 11 hours of sleep at night. For our teenagers, we're looking for eight to 10. 
And then once we get to our adult for our parents, eight is ideal, but you usually know yourself by then. You can tell if you need that eight or nine. And some, some of us need even 10 hours, uh, just depending on us. But those are the, the main sections for, uh, for those age groups. And, and overscheduling definitely becomes an issue. Of course, we want to have our kids in activities. We want them doing sports. Uh, we want them doing things. But if they're doing something every single day and it's that you're not getting home until eight, nine o'clock, and then they still have homework to do, you still have to have a healthy dinner. Then by that point, you've got kids going to bed at 1030, 11, sometimes 1130 at night. And that is just not enough sleep for them. We really want to see kids in school going to bed between eight and 9 p.m. That's the ideal. Uh, that's enough for them to get, especially it depends on when they have to get up in the morning, right? When do they have to get to the bus? When do they have to get to school? But shooting for that nine to 11 in the of hours in that main age group, and then in your teenage years, going for that eight to 10 uh, is ideal. But in, in, you know, an eight to nine bedtime is really quite wonderful. And it's good for everyone because it also gives parents at the end of the day, some time to themselves. So tell me, um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and what about uh, when your child has anxiety about going to bed or maybe they have to go to bed with that particular, you know, item or parent? Like I've seen um, in a lot of households, uh, it has to be dad that puts them to bed. Like that's dad's time. But when dad is traveling or something like that, man, poor mom is going to have a really hard time putting that child to bed. So what kind of um, advice do you have for parents that have children with bedtime fears. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, we do definitely see, especially if a child has had sleep troubles early on in their baby and toddler years, that we do see that continue into the later years. Uh, just like you said, if it's a parent that's falling asleep and that needs to help them fall asleep, then there's definitely, there comes a time when the parent has to work on this with the child. Now, when it comes to a, a prop, let's say, uh, that's not the parent. So let's say it's a sound machine or something that they love. That's a, maybe they still have a stuffed animal at the age of 11 or 12. Absolutely wonderful. That is all fine. And sound machines are a-okay. Uh, there's adults that use sound, sound machines. I do too. Uh, those are all really good sleep props, especially if it helps them relax. But when it comes to a, it being a parent, then it comes time that you most likely are going to need to reach out for help on the, the specific steps that your family needs to do to help to teach that child how to sleep independently. And that will in turn help them with those night wakings as well. Now, if you've got a child who has possibly a fear of the dark, uh, is having nightmares or has an anxiety about that part, uh, or just has a lot of worries, a, a great tip to use uh, with our kids is you can do what's called a worry eater jar. So you can have them write down their worries at the end of the night, stick them in a box or a jar and have that worry disappear by the morning. It gives them a little bit of peace of mind. That's just a, a fun little thing to do. But also I mentioned before doing calming exercises, meditation, there's so many apps out there that you can use now for that, that can really help to bring that anxiety down, deep breathing techniques. But if it's, if you're at that point though, and also I don't, forgot one more thing, is doing uh, games in a dimly lit room if they're afraid of the dark, things like shadow puppets, uh, hide and seek. This is for more, of course, our, our little bit younger school age children, but that can be a great way to just reiterate the fact that the dark is a safe place and that you're okay. Um, but if it comes to the fact that there's a parent that's sleeping with them, then that's when sometimes there's a little more support that's needed just to give that specific 
techniques on how to help get that parent out of the room. And I know that a lot of parents struggle in the morning just to get their kids out the door. Oh my goodness. Do I hear this all the time? I mean, get their kids out of the door. So do you have any tips for that? Yes, because I have two little ones as well. I've got one in, in kindergarten now as well. And getting everyone out the door is a struggle, right? So the best advice I can give you in the morning from the minute your child gets up is a morning routine. It is just as important as that bedtime routine to get you going the next day. So have that routine. And I love to tell parents to do for the bedtime routine, you can do a bedtime routine poster so that they can see it and visualize it. You can do the same thing for the morning, have exactly what's gonna happen in the morning. If you're gonna get up, you're gonna brush those teeth, you're gonna get your clothes on, pack your backpack or pack your lunch, having them to have a, a succinct routine that you're consistent with again, every single day will help get them out the door. I've had clients use timers to get their little ones moving a little faster in the beginning, uh, just especially if you're on a really tight schedule. And, and doing things the night before I find for parents too, I don't know if you found this Christina, that if you're, if you're doing this stuff the night before that can really help for the parents anxiety, because if we're anxious in the morning, then the kids, it rubs off on them too. So if everybody just takes a, a collective sigh and, and a deep breath, uh, that can be a big difference, but do that morning routine because it sure makes a huge difference. And it, and it gives them that independence too, that they can get themselves ready in the morning and help you out as well. So just to clarify, you're suggesting that there will be a particular time at night that your child goes to bed that you're going to keep consistent and couple that with a particular time in the morning that they will also wake up. Absolutely. That helps with the circadian uh, rhythm of your body. So your body clock. So by going to bed at the same time every night and waking up at the same time every day, and this goes for parents as well, that's actually a really helpful way to get your child sleeping through the night. You'll have less night wakings because their body, your body clock gets used to that. It's consistent and that's super healthy. So absolutely doing the same thing as much as you can. I like to call it the 80%, 20% rule. So 80% of the time you stick to that schedule as much as you can. That 20%, of course, do we have to travel? Absolutely. Do we have activities? Absolutely. But if you can stick to it, the majority of the time, you're going to see a lot less night waking and, and better bedtimes and not so many battles at bedtime. You are a great resource for our parents, but I do know that sleep problems tend to be more for our younger kids. So do you work with younger children as well? Maybe because a lot of our school age parents, they have younger kids too. Would you work, be able to work with them? Absolutely. I work with all the way from newborn up into the older children. I love working with babies and toddlers. Uh, when we establish those healthy sleep habits early on, then we're very less, a lot more less likely to see issues in these later school age years. Uh, it, if you start laying those healthy foundations, it's so important. So absolutely. I love working with the little ones and doing private consultations and giving those parents the tips they need to get their little ones sleeping soundly. So the parents are listening to this and they're like, yes, I resonate with this. I need this help. How do they contact you? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, uh, which is www.sayyestotherest.com where you can book a complimentary 15 minute child sleep evaluation call with me. Those just give me a chance to get to know the family, see what sleep struggles they're going with and to see if we're a right fit to work together and if I can help them privately. Another great way is to follow me on Instagram at say yes to the rest today. 
Uh, I give constant tips. I'm on there pretty much every other day, if not every day. Uh, and there's always a little bit of something in there. And that's a great way to also DM me with questions. If you have something specific that you're really struggling with, I'm happy to answer answer questions and 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 see if we can get you get your kids sleeping better. Well, Missy, I'm excited to have you on today. And audience, that's not all because Missy has for us a freebie. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So I have a PDF available for you that, that lists all of the topics that I touched on and that Christina asked me about today, uh, just to give you a reminder of the things that you need to do to get your child sleeping better. And also on there, it offers the free 15 minute uh, complimentary sleep evaluation call and 10% off to anyone who books a private consultation with me. Thank you, Missy, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. And parents, if you want to become a more impactful parent, check out all that my website has to offer. I have parenting courses, family coaching, a free downloadable app, and lots of free resources. But until next time, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.